0: Good morning. I was not expecting to preach this morning. We had a uh, guest preacher, a friend of ours from another church lined up, but uh sadly he got it. So uh I am the sort of person for better or for worse that uh, if there's 5 minutes notice or 30 seconds notice and someone says, "Anyone want anyone got a good word?" I I'm inevitably going to go throw me the ball. So um it is no it's no uh big problem or inconvenience to me, so I'm glad by God's sovereign appointment that I get to preach on the first Sunday of the year to our church. The most important and effective work of a Christian is found in prayer. By talking to the God of the universe, God has decided that he can do more in five seconds, with your prayer than you can do with all of your efforts in five years. That is very difficult to grasp and understand on a day-to-day, everyday level when we are looking at our, our careers, our income, our relationships, our households, all the work that's to be done in our homes, whether it's cooking and cleaning or the rearing of our children or the studying of our textbooks, we have to work, and we ought to work, and God has given to us the command to go forth and be fruitful and not, and not only multiply and, and have kids, but to, to hold dominion over the world around us. Work, by God's grace, is a gift to us. Sin itself poisons work and turns it into toil. But with that said, the most important and the most effective work that any Christian will do, it will be found in prayer. That's the upside-down upside kingdom ...of the Lord Jesus Christ, where the world says we have to make an effect on the world, we have to think, we have to come up with plans, we have to be smart enough, wise enough, savvy enough, sophisticated enough. We have to be creative, creative enough. And, and the Lord says in his upside-down kingdom, no, your most effective way of accomplishing anything that I would ever want you to do would be to, to come and, and speak with me. And lay your desires, lay your fears, lay your sins, lay your confession down before me. That's more effective... Hear me, that's more effective than actually giving the $50 to the homeless guy. Ought you to do that? Ought you to give the money? Yeah. It's more effective than sending missionaries out to third world nations. Ought we to do that? Absolutely. But none of that ought to occur for Christians. None of those should be endeavors we engage in without having that seated in and saturated in prayer, talking to the God of the universe. This is the work of worshiping God, the work of finding hope and peace and comfort. That's work. It's the work of finding and receiving what you need and even what you want when you're about the work of loving those that you're responsible for, when you're about the work of loving the lost around you, when you're, lo- when you're about the work of restoring the world around you, when you're about the work of evangelism and missions, the work of persevering in your own faith, when you're about the work of fighting the devil and resisting temptation, the most effective and most important work you will do is the work you do in prayer. That's the greatest and most important work. It's not the only work but it is the work of first importance and it's the work of most important. And so I'll say that all work and ministry of a Christian in your life, ministry to yourself, to your family, to others, to your job, to your fellow students, to your friends, to the stranger, to the outcast, the sojourner, the sick, all the work of ministry of a Christian depends on prayer. So therefore, whatever hinders your prayer hinders all of the ministry of your life. Whatever gets in the way of you taking the time to spend time with the Lord Jesus, with God the Father, with the Holy Spirit who indwells you, if you're a Christian, everything that hinders that, everything that gets in the way hinders the purpose of your life. And, and for many of us, what hinders our prayer is not the fact that uh, we're busy doing lines of cocaine, right? Or, or we're, we're just hung over all the time. It's very, it's very good stuff that hinders our prayer. It's, it's another few minutes spent on our Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. It, it's one more righteous and holy and very useful and very important email that we have to send. It, it's the dishes that have been waited too long and we've got to wash them. It's all of the things that hinder and get in the way and distract and sap the strength, the, the energy and the bandwidth that you have to recognize and call on the Lord of the universe who sustains your very heart and gave you the dishes in the first place to be able to even wash or dirty in the first place. Whatever hinders your prayer hinders all of your ministry. So we are to pray before we move. We are are to pray before we move. We are to pray as we move and we are to pray when we've stopped. You won't see it on the screens. I'm just going to where do you get that? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 16 through 18. You can go look it up. Christians are to pray before we do something, before we say something, before we type something. And we are to pray as we do those things. See, there's, there's a really, really wicked, deceitful, foolish lie of the devil that Christians who spend much time, much energy, much care in prayer are the lazy ones. They don't want to do any work they pray, to get, they pray to avoid having to go and do anything. So the only answer is to pray less and do more. That's, that's stupid. That's a, that's a foolish dichotomy. That's a false dichotomy. We are to pray before we move, and we're to pray as we're moving. And when the work of moving is done, we keep praying. And when we don't know how to pray, have you been there? I don't even know what to pray. I don't know. Either I'm so distracted or I'm so tired or I'm so foggy in the morning or I'm so just beat at the end of the day or I'm overwhelmed with grief or I'm overwhelmed with frustration and anger and I'm lost in the chaos of my feelings and thoughts. When we don't know how to pray, we still pray. We still pray. I don't even have words. Then pray. Well, what do I pray? You pray your non-words. That's that's not very good pastoring. That doesn't make any sense to me. When we don't know how to pray, we still pray, trusting that the Lord understands the deep, unwordable stirrings of our hearts better than we do. This is Romans chapter eight, verses twenty-six through twenty-seven. Even when we don't know what we ought to pray, how we ought to pray. Even with the deepest stirrings of our ineffable, the wordless groanings of our heart, the most chaotic, unformed mess of our minds, we go to just, we posture ourselves in our head and our heart, in front of the Lord, wherever you are, in your car, in your chair, in your bed, on your knees, laying on your belly, and we posture ourselves before the Lord and we go, I don't have words, but but still you understand and I'm trusting that you'll understand me better than I understand me. So we don't know what 2021 holds. We never do. We, we don't know what January 3rd holds, which by the way, that's today. But we know the sovereign Lord of the universe. This is why it is so, uh, such vital importance to know the gospel The person and the work, the life, the death, the burial, and the resurrection, and the continuous and eternal reign of the king on the throne. To know him, to learn your Christology, to see Jesus on every page in the Bible, to know more and more and ask more and more that the Lord would show you what his mind is like and what his heart is like to see his works in the past, to see his working in the present, and to trust in his working in the future to know him because of all of the unknown things that we can't know as a pastor, the times that I've spent, spending time with just parents, those who have lost children, what has God done with my baby? What, what's gonna happen? Does my baby go to heaven? What about my unsaved children? Is God going to elect and save them? As a pastor, I'm in the position, the unfortunate and the very blessed position to say I don't know any of the answers to those questions because the Bible is silent and I dare not open my mouth where the Bible is silent. But the blessed position is to go, here's the deal, I don't know the answer to that one, but I know who's in charge. I know who's in charge what he's like. I know his heart. What happens, for instance, to aborted babies or miscarried babies or children who are kidnapped and taken away and disappeared? What happens to them when they face God in whatever form at whatever time? I don't know, but I know the one that that child is going to face is God over the universe. He is just and he does no injustice to anybody. And he's full of grace. And he has a very particular and special love, a ferocious love for children. We don't know what 2021 holds, what it holds for your finances, for your career, for your home, for your movements, for your relationship, for your health. We don't know, but we know the sovereign Lord of the universe in whose hand the future is held like pebbles. So who do we pray to? This is to who we pray. And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within. And on the backside sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? And no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David. He's prevailed to open the book and loose the seven seals thereof. He's the same yesterday and today and forever, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, the things that are not yet done. I and Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. This is whom we have access to not only here in this building this morning on the first Sunday of the year, but this is, this is the person you have access to as you sit in your car defeated after being laid off, getting a devotion, getting chewed out. This is who you have access to as you sit and you ponder and you wring your hands because your children are going, something, going through something that you don't know how to help them with you don't have the answer for them this is this is the person you have access to when you are sick and you are frightened if you're okay i'll move to a handheld This is who you have access to uh, when you're sick and you're scared. When you're in the emergency room, or it's not you in the emergency room, it's you in the parking lot and your loved one is in the emergency room and you're not allowed to go in and see them. This is you when the money doesn't work and you don't know what you're going to do. This is who you pray to. And he is God on high. He is just and does injustice to no one. And he is full of grace. And he has a peculiar and ferocious love toward his kids. So I'll say the most important thing that we need in this life is something that we can't provide for ourselves. We can't get for ourselves. That's why Christians pray. And I will tell you that the most important thing that the world needs from you Christians, those are things that you and I can't provide. And this is why we pray. So, for the first Sunday of the year, I'm not going to preach a long sermon. I'm preaching a very short sermon. I'm about 14 minutes. We're going to preach a sermon. We're going to preach a sermon to one another before the Lord. We're going to pray together. So if you're new, welcome to church. This is what we do. Shouldn't weird you out. If you're a lost person, you're like, oh gosh, this is one of those weird churches that prays. Welcome to church, right? Now, because of our protocols and safety measures, if you're sitting close by with other people, then you clearly believe and trust that those people are safe to sit nearby. So you can feel free to circle up. But if you're in your own little pod, that's who I'm going to ask and recommend that you circle up with, all right? Uh, we, we're not going to send uh, Chad Cope or David Anderson over with, uh, with a nightstick to beat anyone who's not sitting with their family. We're all trusting one another to be wise, to walk in wisdom, okay? So I'd like you to take 20 seconds. If you feel like you need to move your chair in order to be around the people that you want to, feel free, and then I'm going to tell us what our next step is. Go ahead. Now, friends, this is where we'll spend the vast majority of the rest of the preaching and prayer time, so go ahead and get comfy. I'm going to put, we're going to put things up on the slide, and these are things that I'm going to ask you to pray with one another toward. We're going to go before the Lord in prayer today as his people. Early in Genesis, there's a moment where... the the writer says, it was at this time that the people of God began began to be known as those who call upon the Lord. That's the first name we ever got, is those who call upon the Lord. That's what's supposed to mark us. I'm going to encourage you to pray out loud. If you're a very shy prayer and you, you don't want to, no one's going to call on you, no one's going to egg you on, no one's going to do anything to you. You pray as you see fit. This is between you and the Holy Spirit, all right? But I'm gonna urge you to be brave. I'm gonna urge you to be kind and generous to those around you because when others pray with their voice and we get to hear it, we have the great blessing of hearing someone else's heart laid before the Lord on our behalf and the world around us. And it is encouragement. It is power to hear someone else pray. And so don't restrict others from receiving that blessing from you today. That's what I encourage. But everyone has the freedom to pray as they see fit and as they ought to because you all have the Holy Spirit as well, all right? We'll spend about a minute praying for each of these things. We were like, wait, I thought we were really praying. Only a minute for each thing? We got a lot of things. And since we're all together and we're praying, then a minute for all of us, man, we'll just, we'll jump, we'll dogpile on that with the Lord, all right? So I'll tell you what we are praying for. I'll read it aloud and then I'll release you for about a minute. Up on the screens, you'll see. Here's how we ought to start praying in 2021 as a church. We ought to pray for the forgiveness of our sins. Matthew chapter six, verse 12, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Why don't we pray for a moment? At the end of each minute, I'm going to unceremoniously just interrupt you. If you want to keep praying, you just keep praying through, all right? But I'm going to talk. You can keep praying through. It's fine. I'm just here to guide and help. The second thing I'm going to ask us to pray through, you'll see it on the screen. If you need help, you can glance up. We ought to pray that God would exalt his name in the world. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, pray then like this, our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Pray that God would exalt his name in the world. next thing i'm going to urge us to pray is that god would extend his kingdom in the world as he exalts his name that his his kingdom would be extended into the world that the world would see god on the move and his kingdom coming matthew chapter 6 verse 10 your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven We ought to pray that the gospel would speed ahead and be honored, the good news of Jesus Christ, the world-changing, world-transforming, and world-saving truth of who Jesus is and what he's done, what he's doing, and what he's promised. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1. Finally, brothers, pray for us that the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honored as it happened among you. Pray that the gospel would speed ahead and be honored. Thank <laughs> you. Again, I remind you, it is not bad manners to keep praying over when I talk. I'm just here to help. The next thing I would urge you, if you're ready, we ought to pray for the fullness of the Holy Spirit, for God who is with us to demonstrate his power, to bring righteousness inside of our lives, our holiness, our hearts and heads. And we walk in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Luke 11 verse 13, if you then who are evil, If you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Pray for the fullness of the Holy Spirit in your life. Friends, we're doing well. It's an encouragement to hear your voices, not even to know what you're saying, just to hear you guys praying. It's a blessing to me. I hope it is to you. We ought to pray that we might not fall into temptation. We ought to pray as God's people, as His church, that we would not fall into temptation. Matthew six thirteen, Jesus tells us, to pray and ask the Lord to lead us not into temptation. Matthew 26, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak, and you won't see on the screen. But the lion, our, the devil, our great enemy, is a lion who is roaring about seeking to destroy God's children. Let us pray against the temptation of our flesh and the devil. Next, we ought to pray that God would save unbelievers. We as a church believe that God is sovereign in all things. He does no one injustice and he is full of grace and salvation belongs to the Lord alone. And so we're the kind of people who pray that God would do what we cannot do for our friends and what our friends cannot do for themselves. Romans chapter 10, verse one, brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them that they may be saved this might be the only moment that I would encourage and ask really really deeply that each of you say something when you begin praying on this one I'm just asking that would you all among your groups or in your couples just name name the name of the person that your heart is concerned and you are bringing to the Lord for who needs salvation name them and ask the Lord to save them go ahead As we pray for the Lord to save unbelievers, we ought to pray for boldness and proclamation ourselves. Whether you are a preacher or a teacher, whether you are a stand up and say something, or whether you are a quiet sit and talk over tea or coffee, bring someone to your fire pit, put a drink in their hand and, and speak. We. As we ask for the Lord to save, he uses humans. He uses us as people, as his means toward salvation. He uses us as, as, as instruments. So we pray for boldness and proclamation. Ephesians chapter 6, 18 through 19. Pray at all times in the spirit. And also pray for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to, procl- pro- to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. Acts chapter 4, verse 29. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness, pray for that very same boldness in your life, in the way that the Lord leads you, but boldness and proclamation. As we pray for boldness and proclamation, I think we ought to, because the Bible tells us to, to pray for signs and wonders. That's the spooky stuff that folks like us are a little suspicious of. I grant that, that's me. We ought to pray for signs and wonders. Acts chapter 4, 29 through 30. And now Lord, grant to your servant to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal. And signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. James chapter five, Elijah was a man with a nature just like ours. And yet he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. And then again, he prayed and heaven gave rain and the earth bore its fruit. Let us pray for signs and wonders so that where things happen, that no other credit and no other glory can be given to anybody or any circumstance except God himself. Let's pray for that. not to be inappropriately lighthearted, but I was really hoping someone was just going to speak in tongues. And I was praying that. So I'm not joking. I was praying that. As we pray for signs and wonders, we ought to pray for the healing of unbelievers. A sign and wonder to the lost, that not science and not medicine and not our bodies rule the universe, but the Lord who created those things rules the universe a sign attesting to God's authority and power and his goodness. So we ought to pray for the healing of unbelievers. Acts chapter 28, it happened that the father of Publius lay sick and sickened with fever and dysentery. And the apostle Paul visited him and prayed over this lost man and putting his hands on him, healed him. We know the lost who need healing and salvation in their souls We pray for their healing in their bodies as a pointer, as a directing message from the Lord of their greater need for their souls to be saved and healed. Why don't you pray for the healing of unbelievers? In the same way, let's pray for the healing of wounded comrades, our brothers and sisters in Christ. In James chapter 5, 14 and 15, we are commanded, let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. Along with this prayer is the indication that possibly the brothers who are sick, the sisters who are sick, it may be related to sin. So we pray not only for the healing of their body, but we pray for the healing and the repentance and the restoration of their soul as they are led out of their shame and sin back into walking in line with the Lord Jesus. So let's pray for the healing of wounded brothers and sisters. Friends, we're a little over halfway through. Don't get tired. Don't get tired. The work of prayer. Some, some of us who, if you're going to confess and you ought to, that you're starting to get brain tired, heart tired, attention span tired. This is what it's like to pray. This is why the Lord Jesus was sweating blood in the garden praying. This is why Jesus would spend much time and have to go away, and why he was always taking a nap on a boat because he was praying a lot. But this is good work. This is most effective work. You may have done all year long so far. Don't get tired. And let's pray, therefore, for the casting out of demons. There are dark, supernatural, evil, sinister forces in this world. Do not be deceived. We don't see a devil behind every flat tire. We don't see a devil behind every cancer cell. But most assuredly, our enemy, the devil, and his and his servants. They lie waiting, crouched at your door, waiting to devour you, waiting to deceive you, lie to you, rob you of your faith and joy in Jesus. So let's pray for the casting out of demons, demonic temptation, demonic threat, demonic nightmares, the demonic lie. All lies are demonic language. That's the language of the deceiver. That's his name, deceiver. His language is lies. When we tell lies, we're speaking demonic language. And so let's pray for the casting out and the removal by God's authority, the name of Jesus' authority for the casting out of demons. Mark chapter 9, verse 29, he said to them, this kind of thing cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. Go ahead. I'm sure that there are those among us who have yet to pray out loud and you're trying to screw up your courage. You're worried that your words aren't so good as those in your group. As feeble as your words might feel, they have the power of God's own spirit because he's urging and you're obeying to talk to him and and come before him. So now's a good time. Now's a good time. We ought to pray that God would supply his people with necessities. Our Father in heaven is a good Father, and he gives his kids what we need when we need it. And so let's pray that God would supply his people with necessities. Matthew chapter 6, verse 11, Jesus teaches us to pray in this way, that we ought to pray that the Lord would give us this day our daily bread. Name and speak specifically. Ask the Lord for what you need. Do that amongst yourselves and let others know what you need and bring it to the Lord and your friends, your brothers and sisters will pray alongside of you and help you. Go for it. to pray that God would make new family members and send us as family out on his mission. Today's a very interesting and special day. We have the the blessing of knowing the knowledge that members of our church, Dustin and Heather Turpin, they first came to a service and began worshiping with us five years ago this Sunday. We have the great blessing of getting to welcome brand new members, Stuart and Katie McGinnis, into our church today. God is adding to our numbers. We have the great blessing of every time new people show up whether lost or saved whether they know what they're looking for or they don't we have the great blessing of praying and asking the lord to do what he loves to do which is build his family and adopt more kids and send us out matthew chapter 9 verse 38 therefore pray earnestly to the lord for the harvest to send out laborers that's us into his harvest. Acts chapter 13, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. Pray that the Lord would add to his people through conversion, through salvation, discipleship, that he would add family members for our great joy and for the furthering of his gospel mission in the kingdom around us. Go ahead. next, we ought to pray for the encouragement of togetherness. What a time that we need that. Friends, I just want to pause just for a second and assure you that when we take our need and our desperation, that's an offering that makes God very pleased. We don't bring pretty shiny things. We don't get God is not, he's not excited about, he is not pleased and worshiped and glorified when we take the best of what we have and we go, look at how proud you ought to be. Our God is pleased when his name is glorified, when we come and bring our desperation, our loss, our grief, our sadness, our chaos, our confusion, our sin. And he looks at that and goes, that's a sacrifice. And we in 2020 have definitely felt the, the, the desperation of having to fast from togetherness, whether you spent the first Thanksgiving, the first Christmas, the first New Year's away from those who you traditionally and historically have gotten to enjoy, or if it's daily life and there are family members who, who you love and possibly they depend on you and you need them and they need you and you haven't been able to be with them. We as God's people, we ought to pray for the encouragement of togetherness and not only in person, but the encouragement of togetherness in the unity of the gospel regardless of the differences politically, socially, opinion-wise, philosophically, we ought to pray for the the encouragement of togetherness, that we are God's people united by his kingdom, by his cross, by his throne. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, we pray most earnestly night and day that we may see you face to face and supply what is lacking in your faith. Go ahead and pray for the encouragement of togetherness. all right, we're going to end this changing this up. I have, I have a few left and I'm going to ask you to pay attention. I'm going to give you directions. Every group gets a prayer. All right. So when I'm pointing at your group, you'll look at the screen and you make sure you understand what you're assigned to pray for. Can I trust you? So when you're assigned, they can trust that you guys are praying, killing it for the Lord, right? All right. Take it to the Lord Jesus. This group to my right, would you guys pray for a knowledge of God's will? You'll see it on the screen. It'll be up there just a moment for you. Pray for a knowledge of God's will. Colossians 1, so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of God's will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Would you please pray for knowledge of God's will? Directly behind them, Isaiah and Randy. You guys are so... So cute. So happy. I love you. Would you guys pray for power to comprehend the love of Christ in a way that you wouldn't ever take it for granted, that you'd be overwhelmed? And amazed. Pray for the power to comprehend the love of Christ. Ephesians three fourteen and 18 through 19, I bow my knees before the Father that you may have strength to comprehend with all of the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. You know what you're praying for. You know what you're praying for. This group, I would like you guys to pray for a deeper sense of assured hope, a deeper sense of assured hope that we not lose sight that we can hope in our God that we can make plans and we can take steps Ephesians chapter 1 16 and 18 I do not cease to give thanks for you remembering you in my prayers that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints knowledge of God's will power to comprehend the love of Christ a deeper sense of assurance of God's hope you guys there in the back the delks you are also adorable If I don't say that for every group, I'm so sorry. I'm very unfair. Would you guys pray for a deeper sense of God's power within you? A deeper sense of God's power within you. I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that you may know what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe. You'll pray for a deeper sense of God's power within you. You guys, handsome and pretty hard workers, pray for your faith not to be destroyed. Chad and Lisa, you guys pray for your faith not to be destroyed, that you would not make a shipwreck of your faith. I've prayed for you that your faith may not fail, and when you have turned again, I want you to strengthen your brothers. But stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place. to stand before the son of man, pray that your faith not be destroyed. Mr. Elwin and Blake, I want you to pray for greater faith. Pray for greater faith, faith that you might not have the faith to believe that you could receive. Pray for greater faith. Mark chapter nine, immediately the father of the children cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. To believe in that moment is greater faith. Andersons, please pray that you would do good works. I didn't even plan for you guys to assign, get assigned that one. If there's anyone who is a good example of doing good works, it is the Andersons. Pray that you would do good works. Colossians 1.10, we have not ceased to pray for you that you would walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work. Pray that we would do good works. Pray for our church. Finally this group back here. Pray for protection from the evil one. Pray for protection for God's people from the evil one. Matthew chapter six, Jesus tells us to pray and ask that the Lord would deliver us from evil. You know what you ought to pray for? Spend a few moments in prayer. our first worship service gathering as a church in the year 2021, having no clue what's ahead. We have all we need, we have who we need to move forward, to find reconciliation, to find healing, to find hope, to find forgiveness, to find power to forgive, to have what we need in order to not only survive, but thrive and be about our father's business and be generous to those who do not have We have everything we need. We have who we need. Not knowing what lies ahead, we know who is ahead. This is a good way to begin a year. What'd you say? Yeah. Yeah. This is the only way to begin a year. This is the only way to begin a day. This is the only way to end a day. This is the only way to make it through the day. And this is to whom we talk to. This is who we have access to. I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? No man in heaven, nor in earth, neither under the earth was able to open that book, neither even to look thereon. But behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, Jesus himself, has prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. The same yesterday and today and forever, declaring from the end to from declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times, the things that are not yet done. He says, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, Restoration City Church, a small church or big church, cool church or not very cool church, a church blessed or a church persecuted. We have God, we have the Lord of the universe, and he loves us, And he has given to us his mission and his purposes, the great privilege and honor of being his kids and being about our father's business. We're going to do that together as a family, and we're going to do it saturated in prayer before we move, as we move, and when we've stopped. This is the way we start. This is the way we move. This is the way we end. It's a pleasure and a privilege to be your pastor. And I've been blessed to sit up here and pray alongside of you and see you pray. I hope you've received that same blessing too. Let me pray over us and our worship team will go ahead and come up. Let me pray briefly and then we'll we'll do communion and giving and sing songs. Worship team, you guys can come on up and be ready. When we've spoken to you, we bring our prayers as, as a sacrifice as an offering and we trust you whether we feel like we did a good job or not whether we felt too distracted whether we felt like maybe fatigue set in 20 minutes in Lord we know that you are charitable and kind and gracious to us even in the moments where we felt distracted and drifting but you sustain our prayers our prayers aren't strong because of the strength of our prayers but the strength of the one we talk to so we, we we trust you that you're pleased with these things and you will do the very things we pray for because those are the things you told us to pray for. Those are the, those are the things you like to give. We trust you in the name of Jesus.